This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, hey, welcome everybody. It's a brand new week of Talkback for this Monday, January 29th. Yeah, nice looking morning out there. Uh, Talkback this morning brought to you the, by Y West Storage out of the Y on Two Smokes Way. If you want to get pricing and availability, here's the number, 406-510-0590 at Y West. We're making room for you. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial, offering residential and commercial cleaning with their powerful steam extraction method, bringing uh, tired and dirty carpets back to life. Uh, no job too big or small, of course, 406-260-6617. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts and Accessories. No matter how cold, Gomer's has everything you need to make sure your rig starts every time. Not so cold right now. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts and Service at Palmer and West Broadway and by Harrington Surgical Supply, where they're Mission remains the same to restore confidence and comfort into your daily life. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Welcome aboard, everybody. It is Monday TalkBack. We have an hour of open phones in front of us, and we have a special guest on the phone, uh, the the uh, the founder of Chicken Scratch Books, Curie Jorgensen, is going to be joining us on the phone. Right now, the fabulous Nick Christensen's over there, and I, I love to mine his amazing football brains. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I, I I was uh, really, uh, being a 49ers fan, have been for a long time, I was a little bit uh, nonplussed to find uh, Detroit did so well against them in the first half. And uh, so, but you have a theory. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know that it's, it's a theory. It's but a conspiracy thing. <laughs> yeah, right? more yeah. of a conspiracy. Yeah, I just, All right. you, you asked me this morning how, uh, how I felt about the games and, um, and, whether you know who I who I thought was going to win would win, and who I thought was going to win won, but who I wanted to win did not win. So yeah, and I, uh, I I've just I've seen other things come out, conspiracy theories, people writing stuff, and uh, I made the comment to you that I did not think the NFL would allow a Super Bowl without Taylor Swift involved <laughs> because of the fact that she has uh, up to this point. Uh, allegedly brought in over three hundred million dollars to the NFL season. So now, now how is she? How has she done that? Just by showing up? As supposedly, they, they, yeah, just by attention and their, uh, just how many people are watching the games and yeah. when the Chiefs have been on prime time. So yeah, getting getting all those shots of Taylor in the booth and <laughs> <laughs> talking about oh my gosh, is she going to be able to fly back? Fly now. The whole thing is she allegedly. Has well, she does. She's uh, going to be in Tokyo, Uh-oh. February like seventh to February tenth. Oh boy! And the Super Bowl is February eleventh. But because of like time and stuff like that, everybody's trying to do the math and be like, <laughs> can she get back in time for the Super Bowl if she leaves right after the concert? What on the we 10th could, what and, we could do is we could yeah. we could postpone the Super Bowl for a couple hours. Right? They might do that just for her. <laughs> Honestly, that's kind of where where it's going. It's like, and this is no ill will toward any of the Swifties. I'm not oh, talking. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying anything bad yeah. about about Taylor Swift because I don't want that crew on me. But uh, no, I just, I just, it's just, it's been interesting and it's been all year long. And so it was kind of destiny for uh, the Chiefs to get there. Well, but obviously the Chiefs played 
really, really well. Their defense has been playing lights out, yeah. so yeah. they totally deserve to win. I mean, they and Patrick Mahomes, and I mean, you just can't bet against him. He's you know been to six AFC Championship games in his six years as a starter, and this will be his uh, potential third Super Bowl win. I think his fourth appearance in a mm. Super Bowl. Mm. So, All right, just well, crazy. Now, now, how about the first game though? The first, I, I, <sighs> yeah. uh, the poor, poor Baltimore. I now, now again, um, for those of you who are not football fans, the Baltimore is known for one thing, right? Their quarterback, mm-hmm. right? And and th- th- this is a guy who can outrun anybody on the field. Mm-hmm. And how many times did he even run the ball? He kept trying to throw, throw, throw. What, what, what's? I'm going. What's going on here? Well, and they didn't run the ball with any of their running backs. I think uh, right. last time I checked, they only had eight carries. So I, I when when the Ravens got down early, you could tell they kind of abandoned their game plan, which wasn't the smartest because they were in the game the whole time. And but yeah, their their quarterback Lamar threw a really bad interception. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of I don't know. It was just kind of like a. One of those weird games where, you know, both teams didn't really look great, but someone's got to win. So and and some some of the moments that will live forever was the the young man who uh, was headed for the end zone. He was diving into the end zone, and 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 the opponent poked the ball out quite literally inches away from the goal line. Went into the went into the end zone. It was a touchback. I, I thought that was a real turning point for the game. Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah huge. Because yeah. that would have made it a three-point game. Yeah, no. Anyway. That that flipped it. And then, obviously, you mentioned your Niners. That was a really good game, too. So Anyway, so pretty, pretty entertaining football. But I think, as you mentioned, it is the as-expected result for the uh, probably the maximum amount of of viewership for the Super Bowl, which, yeah, is... We have to wait two more weeks, right? Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that week in between. It just uh, kills all the momentum. Or, but, yeah. or or you could waste your time with the pro... Uh, what used to be the Pro Bowl, now the Pro Skills event, right? Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, we're, we're overdue for a break. Hey, it's open phones. We're just uh, talking here. So what whatever might be on your mind for the first hour, give us a call, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-568. Five three zero nine, or you can use the KGVO app. We're coming right back today on hey- Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. If you love dramatic winter weather in Montana, this won't be your week as we return to dry and mild conditions for the next several days. The biggest weather challenge will be persistent fog in the mornings and late evenings. We'll see conditions ranging from mostly cloudy to partly cloudy for the remainder of the day. Overnight lows right around or slightly below freezing. The afternoon temperatures in the upper 40s to just over 50 depending on location. So not good news for the snowpack. Our next shot of moisture at the end of the week. Hey, we are back on Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. It's open phones. So whatever might be on your mind, that's exactly what we want to talk about this morning. And I believe Doug is up first. Doug, good morning. Thank you for holding. You're on Talkback. Go ahead, please. Well, I am really just a Grizz football fan. And I'm a foodie. And uh, I've always enjoyed going out to eat someplace where I could start my meal with a shrimp cocktail. And when the Blue Canyon quit uh, serving shrimp cocktails, I quit going. Uh, And so the other day I heard that (laughs) the shrimp cocktails were back on the menu and I was back out there. And, uh, boy, those five shrimp, uh, 
I made a mistake with <laughs> that steak. By the time I had the, uh, eaten the five uh, shrimp, I was almost full. <laughs> so I had to. Whip. I had. I had to bring. I had to bring home two thirds of the steak, which I will enjoy uh, the rest of this week once in a while. So have a nice day. Bye bye. All right. Thanks for the call. That is that is ultimate random open phones right there, sure. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Hey, why not? Uh, it's Monday. Uh, nothing else going on. Uh, give us a call seven two one twelve ninety. Dave, I'm sure has a much more serious topic. Dave, good morning. Go ahead. Yes, as a as a student of history and governments coming and going, I am concerned about our democratic republic. Uh, yeah. And I have seen and studied a lot of governments over the years, and uh, and I believe I know how our our democratic republic will come to an end. And first of all, uh, a short history lesson on and how it began. You know, people came together from all over the the land to to hammer out an agreement for a constitution, and the first attempt was Articles of Confederation, and it lasted about eight years before they gave up on it and hammered out a new agreement. It was called Our Present Constitution. And it wasn't perfect and, and has been modified and, and improved, but it, it was a compromise. It's been amended, and, yeah. It's been amended. Yeah, yeah, it's been amended. And, um, you know, that that's how our system has worked. That's what make makes democratic republics work is when people hammer out compromises. Right. And yes, and when they stop working is in my view what will be when a large group of people say compromise is the enemy. And uh, and that's when the cracks begin. And um when uh up Leader, uh, charismatic leader, steps forward and says that um, I alone can fix this country, and I alone have the answers. That's and if he's given the power, that's that's the end of our democratic republic. Well, the, the hold, hold, now hold on a second. Now has has sure. it, hasn't every presidential candidate stood in front of his followers and said, "I'm the guy, or I'm the gal, or I'm the person." Who is going to bring this country together? Da 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 da. da right? Yeah. So uh, together, uh, yeah. I, I, I know you're talking about Donald Trump. I know you hate Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But uh, but you know, could it be that he's right? That maybe he will bring the country together? As long as he says we, as a nation, we will will work out our problems when we stop as a as a as our constitution says. We the people. Right, I mean, right. he's, he's leads and says, "We the people will sit down, and I don't. I alone don't have the answers. We the people will compromise and hammer out solutions together. And no one is a winner, and no one is a loser. That that is what we the people do as a nation, and um, that's what we. Sometimes it works, sometimes it fails, but we." compromise. We work as a team. And the, the leader of the country keeps that in mind and doesn't ask for I alone. Then then we're in. Well, we're that's, okay. well, that's Dave. That's why we have a wonderful little thing called an election.
so that people, right. if, if you're opposed to Mr. Trump, you can vote against him. Uh, you don't have to vote for him. And I'm sure there are millions of people who agree with you who will not vote for him. So we'll see what happens. And, and we, we, we don't even know if he's going to be the Republican candidate or not. So As long as it's done, we, the people, with compromise, the system works. All right. Dave, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. Okay, phone's ringing. Uh, we've got people. Yeah, but it's open phones, by the way, for the next hour until 9 o'clock this morning. And then we will have uh, Kiri Jorgensen joining us with Chicken Scratch Books. It's going to be fun. So we'll, we'll have that coming up here after the top of the hour. In 2024. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by common ground alliance no word in the english language is less convincing than probably are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date sure um, we'll probably stay together probably <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since i ate i can probably swim uh you should wait 30 minutes mm, okay now tell me what to do cannonball cramp oh i have a cramp I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, welcome back to Talk Back. 721-1290 is our number. It's open phones until 9 o'clock this morning. So let's continue. Uh, folks taking advantage of that include Susan. Good morning, Susan. Welcome back. Good to have you. Well, unlike many of our competitors that are in presidential races, we've never had a, pre a sitting president go after their apparent competitor with such gusto legally. And that is what is, I think, alarming to so many people. Um, Trump has been in and out of court because of charges made against him that may or may not prove to be correct. And this has never happened in the history of the United States, as far as I can tell. And we are being flooded with 10 million illegal aliens right now. And I am very proud of our Attorney General, Austin Knutson, for being the first Attorney General in the United States to 
stand behind Texas and uh, defy the, the ruling of the Supreme Court. And if the president of the United States is unwilling to enforce federal law, at least Texas is willing to enforce it. And I'm really proud that Montana was the first so far of 25 states that have come out in support of Texas. And I hope more states will do the same. What's uh, Do you happen to know what the progress of, of that uh, semi-truck caravan headed down to Texas? Um, uh, anything, Susan, do you know uh, the status of that? They're on their way. I don't know where they are, but I've heard that they are on their way. And I, my understanding, and it's so funny because my father-in-law, who died in 2008, but he would have been probably in that caravan. Uh, he was a longtime trucker. Um, and he would have been going down there, I'm sure, if he could have. Um, I can hear red barreling down the road. But um, I know it's, it's, I think their intention is to form a barrier, of, you know, a, a, a truck barrier wow. on the border. I mean, we we have such an open border that we don't have a border and it's because well, of th- th- this Joe is Biden. A, this is in lieu of a, of a border wall right 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 and we we i i'm encouraging austin knutson and all of the attorney generals to send national guard from all those states to go down there this is actually war we are being invaded and these are not most of the people coming in are young men they're not they're not innocent little children and and the children and the women that are coming in are being abused so uh it is absolutely a destruction of our country and um anyone watching it except for a few people that i i don't know what where their brain is understand that this is an absolute destruction of the greatest country that was ever created by humans. The United States is a shining star in the history of the world. We're the only country that is truly a believer in freedom and it's being destroyed. All right. So we, we need to wake up people. Susan, thanks for the call. By yeah. the way, that, that trucker convoy, uh, I was just looking at the headlines, there are 700,000 truckers uh, they say are either on the way or planning to be on the way to the southern border. So we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Elena is standing by to talk with us now. Elena, good morning. You're on Talkback. What's on your mind, Matt? Well, right up front, I do not compromise my inalienable rights. And I don't expect any of those so-called public servants elected or appointed to do anything else but to uphold and protect my inalienable rights. And having said that, we've got two constitutions. We have the organic constitution, which the people agreed to, the original one, and the annotated constitution, the one that the courts change by precedent, by uh, uh, statutes, by codes, and a lot of those are violating our inalienable rights. 
And that's the bottom line. Um, compromise, forget about it. You notice that the party of compromise comes down to, and I'm sorry, the Republican Party. The, tem- the Democrats stand st- strong. This is what we want. And I expect anybody I elect to do that. As far as Trump, as far as whoever the hell is running for president, we got time for that. And the Constitution is not a living document. And there's a hell of a lot that's been added on since the Tenth Tenth Amendment that's questionable. Having said that, you have a great day and stay free. Elena, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 721 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. What is on your mind? We, we, have, we, we don't have any particular direction in this open phone segment. Whatever might be on your mind this morning. I, uh, yeah, we're we're going to take a quick break. Come right back. We'd love to have your calls about whatever might be on your mind. Then at 9 o'clock this morning, we'll be visiting with Kiri Jorgensen. She's a teacher here in Montana and has a bunch of books. And her company is called Chicken Scratch Books. So we're going to be talking with her from 9 to 10. It'll be fun. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Frank, looks like business is booming. Congrats. What are all those tabs you have open on your computer? Oh, hey, well, this one is for my SEO company. This one is for my website company. This one is for my CRM. This is for invoicing and estimates. This one does email, and this one does billing. Jeez, that sounds tricky to manage. It's clunky, but I need all this to run my business. Wait, you run your own business, and you're even busier than I am. Don't you have all this stuff, too? I do, but I get it all on one screen with the Town Square Business Management Platform. What's that? The Town Square Business Management Platform is an all-in-one tool that helps me grow and run my business. It combines website, billing, and scheduling into one program. That sounds simpler than juggling all the tools I have now, but you still need someone else to help you find new business, right? Nope. They have powerful digital advertising built into the platform as well, which helps me keep my calendar full. You can get a demo of the product for free. Check out their website. See if it makes sense for your business. Go to townsquarelocal.com for a free demo of the Townsquare Business Management Platform. Visit townsquarelocal.com. That's townsquarelocal.com. Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. If you love dramatic winter weather in Montana, this won't be your week as we return to dry and mild conditions for the next several days. The biggest weather challenge will be persistent fog in the mornings and late evenings. We'll see conditions ranging from mostly cloudy to partly cloudy for the remainder of the day. Overnight lows right around or slightly below freezing. The afternoon temperatures in the upper 40s to just over 50, depending on location. So not good news for the snowpack. Our next shot of moisture at the end of the week. Wow. Yeah, I was. I, I just contacted my, one of my friends at the Weather Bureau uh, just this morning, just on a whim. And I said, it was Travis. And I said, Travis, now, I, I have a question for you. We're not on the air or anything. I'm not recording this. He says, okay. I said, now, if I go to, you know, Tyrama where I get my tires done, and I take off my studded snow tires and put my regular highway tires back on, Am I going to trigger automatically a snowmageddon? He said, mm-hmm. he laughs. He says, no, no, I think you'll be all right. We, we, he said, specifically, uh, we got another maybe system coming through with light snow in the next maybe, maybe couple of weeks, but not that much. And, uh, and then we get, got to talking about the snowpack. He said, right now, the snowpack's about 60, 65% of where it needs to be. And so uh, that, mm. that does not bode well. For the next season, he said, and he said, "This is this is a quintessential 
El Nino pattern, which means warmer temperatures, less snow, right? And that's it's coming true. The the, the, the prognosticators were right. Anyway. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I'm just repeating myself here now, but obviously (laughs) we, you and I are not huge fans of the snow, but I am a huge fan of recreating on the lakes during the summers. And so in order to have that, we need the snow. So I'm willing to sacrifice, obviously. So we we need we need that snow because I mean, otherwise, you know, the the fire danger like we've talked about with Peter Kolb, and yeah, it's uh, if we're if we're only at sixty percent where we need to be, we need we need that snowpack. So. Yeah, well, one one of the reasons I'm I'm taking the week of February twelfth off because we have a big. Uh, extended family uh, get-together mm-hmm. uh, that's going to start at Big Mountain and then end up at the Sealy Lake to go snowmobiling, right? Yeah. And and people are dumping out of the uh, of the Sealy Lake deal because there's no snow yeah. up there to snowmobile on. And, and so you guys can ride dirt bikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't even have a sleigh ride because oh. there's not enough snow for the sleigh ride. So anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's uh, it, This is definitely weird. This is this is not Montana as I as I have grown up in since I was about twelve years old. Yeah. Well, and if I remember, uh, last winter we we had that big snowstorm. It was like in October, right? Right. If right. I remember, and then there wasn't a lot going on for a while, and then it kind of picked up, kind of toward the end of the season, just enough. But I mean, it's it's kind of been that way. I feel like the last couple couple winters where it just hasn't there just hasn't been as much snow as we're used to. I mean, I was looking back at pictures of this time um i think the year was two i think it was my first winter here it was 2010 2011 and there's a picture of my car parked out front and you literally <laughs> couldn't see my car because it was so covered in snow wow. and i'm like wow where were those days where you just you know you the snow was so high you couldn't even really go anywhere but yeah no it's uh it's been kind of tame the last couple of years well is it is it just weather or is it climate change? Uh, yeah, that trigger word for everybody. <laughs> anyway, but I, I did talk with Dr. Kolb about it. He's uh, kind of my uh, science guru now. And he said, we get most of our, according to him, we get most of our significant snowfall in late February, early March, uh, especially up high in the mountains, uh, which hopefully will replenish the, uh, the snowpack. But we'll see. We have noise crossed. Yeah. Something we have no control over. Anyway, so what's on your mind, everybody? Uh, it's open phones for the next, oh gosh, uh, 20 minutes. 721 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. I have, uh, I have a, um, a source that has told me <laughs> that there will be an announcement sometime this week that someone... <laughs> that we know that has been on this show before is going to declare for the U.S. Senate finally <laughs> because we've been hearing about this for for weeks, right? So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I I have the same source that you do, and I trust that person, and so I have no reason to think that that announcement won't come this week. But yeah. I've also heard a lot of things leading up to this point too, so it's kind of like well. I'm going to treat it as kind of wait and see before I kind of, I don't know. 
Well, the this, this Senate race is getting a little crowded. We've got we've got Tim Sheehy in there right now, yep. uh, running as a Republican. Of course, we have the incumbent, Senator John Tester. We have, uh, I'm not sure who, who else is declared. I, I believe um, the uh, current uh, Troy Downing has, recur- has declared. Yep. Yep. So anyway, uh, for, to run for the U.S. Senate. Now, Troy, Troy's a good guy. He's a veteran, just like Mr. Sheehy. So I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Uh, John Tester, uh, who, of course, refuses to come on our program, but that's okay. Um, uh, not that there's any hard feelings there, of course. But, um, he's, but he has a huge Democratic, national Democratic machine pumping out negative ads and, and uh, all, all sorts of things to try to, to make sure that uh, we know that he's a good old Montana farmer guy. And so he's just, yeah, anyway. We're up against a break. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. We've got Jeff waiting on the line when we come back from our break, which is right now. Small children are the greatest joy and our best hope for a better future. Friends, they are the future. But did you know that millions of kids are facing hunger every day? Food is not just food. It's energy, health, confidence, hope, and even love. Yes, love. Thank you! Learn more about how No Kid Hungry is helping end child hunger in America at HelpNoKidHungry.org. Unused prescription opioid pain medicines can spell trouble. They can spell risk if taken by someone they weren't prescribed for, harm if accidentally taken by a child or pet, or overdose if they're not used as directed. Safely dispose of opioids before they can hurt your family. Find a drug take-back option such as medicine drop boxes. You may find these in your community at local pharmacies or police stations. Visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Hey, welcome back to Talkback 721-1290. We have a correction on uh, the thing we just uh, said just a minute ago. I was wrong. Uh, Troy Downing is not uh, declared to run for the Senate. He's declared to run for the U.S. House. So there you go. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Susan, for uh, setting us right on that. Let's get uh, Jeff on the line. Jeff, good morning. You are on Talkback, sir. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning. Happy Monday. I, too, miss the snow. hope we get some more. Yes. Um, Students of history should pay attention to their lessons, particularly when people like Rob Nadelson are on, because the uh, inertia and the tendency to stalemate that is built into our government is not a flaw, it's a feature. That's how we were built, so that things would be difficult to do. And uh, regarding compromise, I'm more than willing to compromise on details, but I never want to compromise on principle. Because principle, if you compromise on principle, you're leading yourself down a dark road. And that's what a lot of, a lot of what has happened here is that people have compromised on principle. And so uh, to demand compromise when people say no, you move. You know, it's like with the border. No, we're not going to compromise on whether or not we're a country with a border. We don't want to compromise on that. I think 700,000 truckers uh, show that that's a, a wise move. That, by, and by the way, that sort of thing is going on. It went on in, uh, in Canada last year. Right, I remember it's that. It's going on right now, right now in Europe. The farmers there are up in arms because the German 
uh, energy minister, I think it was, I can't remember, one of the ministers in the coalition government, a government of compromise, has said that people really don't need more than 10 grams of, of protein a day. And so we should cut back on our protein consumption. Uh, you know, people have the right, when, when the government starts to get in the way of the right to eat, that you have the right to choose what you put in your body and they can say no to this and yes to that and that sort of thing. Uh, we've gone way too far, way too far. So, no, I'm not a fan of compromise. Uh, Margaret Thatcher famously said it's a, usually a sign of abdication of principle. And uh, Andrew Carnegie said that weak men compromise, strong men don't. So, um and right or wrong, good or bad, I've come, always come down on the, on the side of, uh, of uh, strength. Not, not, dictator, not dictators, not totalitarianism, individual strength. We need strong people in order to make the, make the government work. And so um, that's kind of my rant for the morning. Well, yeah, choose, choose your leaders well. Right. I mean, uh, uh, it, it is it is incumbent on each of us. And I know, Jeff, you agree with this, uh, that we we need to not just say R or D. We need to research who the people are and, and what they stand for and and uh, what what decisions they've made in the past. What what do their records indicate? I mean, there, there's all sorts of things that uh, a uh, someone who is a responsible voter uh, will look into. I just like this guy because of this one thing. Uh, let's, let's do our homework. And, and Donald Trump has never been my favorite candidate. I don't, I don't, I won't vote for Donald Trump because he's my favorite, but I do admire certain characteristics about him. Other, other opinions notwithstanding. Uh, but I would like someone to point out one time when he was president where he did not follow the law. You know, he left the presidency. He could have tried to stay. Based on the, uh, according to his opponents, based on the strength of his opinion, that would have been a perfect time for him to say, no, the election was unfair. I'm going to declare martial law. He didn't. Whenever he was stymied in trying to, to build the border wall, and people forget that he couldn't even start on the border wall until he was years into his presidency because people didn't give him the money to. He wanted to, but nobody gave him the money. And when he was told to do something in the courts, he did it. It was, he has never had the instincts of a dictator. He's had the instincts of a fighter. And that upset some people. But, you know, um, again, I've said this several times. I'll say it again. He's a blue-collar billionaire from Queens, New York. And people in Queens, New York are very pugnacious and uh, in your face for a whole host of reasons. That doesn't make them bad people. That doesn't mean that they want to be dictators. It just means that they're a fighter. You punch me, I'll punch you back. Why? Because I have to. If I don't, I'll get hit twice as hard again. So, uh, you know, I'm going to fight back. And that's kind of the... If, if you've never been to New York, if you don't understand New York, you'll never understand Donald Trump. If you do understand New York, you will understand Donald Trump. Hmm. Hmm. All right, Jeff. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Always a pleasure. Uh, phone lines are clear. Whatever might be on your mind this morning, 721-1290. Hey, uh, did a story, and Nick reminded me of this, um, uh, I believe it, it got published on Friday. And I talked with 
with Dave, because uh, in a recent open phones, people were really, really uh, going off about the fact that there's no parking on the University of Montana campus. So I decided I'll ask the people who know. <laughs> so I called my friend, uh, I t- called my friend Dave, uh, uh, Dave Kuntz over at the University of Montana, gave me a great interview. And I specifically asked him, I said, now, how many parking spots are there available on the University of Montana campus? And he said approximately 4,000 parking spaces. So let's, let, let's do the math. Mm-hmm. There's uh, about a little over 10,000 students. I don't know how many faculty uh, and, and h- how many uh, people who actually work at the University of Montana on a daily basis. Probably several hundred, right? Yeah, he said about a third of the folks who are here. Right. Those 4,000 spaces cover about a third. So right, exactly. About 12,000. Yeah. So, so uh, there will never be, <laughs> and, and the, this was the headline, it says, there will never be enough parking at the University of Montana. And that is specifically because of the beautiful scenic location where the University of Montana is. I mean, we've got Mount Sentinel behind us. We've got the, the river in front of us. We've got uh, residential, very, very uh, beautiful residential areas all around the campus, which necessarily shrinks the number of, of parking places. And so, Dave, uh, I, I think the university has done uh, a yeoman's job of, of trying to create Park and rides, and places where you can drop off your car and get a and get a shuttle to the to the to the university for students. It it is it, it is a, a there's just no way that somebody is going going to build a you know a six thousand space parking garage or whatever near where the University of Montana is. So we just have to kind of roll with the flow and do the best we can. That's that's kind of it. Anyway, tell you what, we, we have Ed and Mr. Wingnut both standing by. I'll give you plenty of time to make your point when we come back from our break right after this. Nothing can... Ain't that the way it goes? Uh, we, we get uh, close to the end of uh, talk back and er, of open phones and now all the phone lines are full. So let's get let's get Ed on and get as many calls in as we can. Ed, good morning. You're on talk back. Go ahead, sir. Okay, I'll be quick. One thing I haven't heard about this parking uh, would be enrollment projections uh, in the future. I think the the number of college-age students is dropping, uh, and whoever is going to finance this wants to see an income stream. You know, that's happened in the past with parking on uh, on campus. They started giving tickets out uh, at uh, unusual hours because the uh, the uh, funders of the uh, parking uh, d- demanded that in, in their contract. They want to see an income stream. Um, so enrollment projections figure into this too. So thanks. Well said. Thanks for the call. Yeah, seven two one twelve ninety is our number. And Mr. Wingnut is next. Mr. Nut, go ahead. What's up? Well, good morning. I, since the parking issue came back up, I thought I'd take a brief walk down memory lane. I was a student at U of M in a couple separate periods, and both times I lived out by uh, Russell and Broadway area. And I used to uh, walk across the bridge where the old VFW um, bar was by the sawmill and down the river to school at dark 30 in the morning. They get there and have a cup of coffee uh, with friends before it was either work or study or classes. Uh, so, you know, walking is, it was the best time of day for me. 
I really enjoyed it. There's an alternative. Also, I would say that, you know, Missoula is one of the premier biking communities. You know, it is flat. It is downhill both ways uh, in Missoula. (laughs) It's wonderful. And and lastly, nowadays we have, uh, you know, that bus service that provides a wonderful alternative. So, you know, there there are some, uh, you know, some great ways. Absolutely. economically get around it. All right, man. That's my comment. That's for the call. We appreciate it. Skip is up next. Good morning, Skip. You're on Talkback. What's on your mind, sir? Good morning, Peter. Thank you. First, I was hoping for sure that we could verify that maybe Rob's going to be on next Monday, first Monday of the month. That would be nice to hear uh, if he is. And then also, uh, Matt Getz is uh, in the state, I believe, and he was touring with Matt Rosendale. And uh, I didn't know if you had heard anything about how that was going. Cause I'm, hope, I'm personally hoping it does not end in Matt Rosendale making an announcement to run for Senate. I hope he just stays in District 2 and, and, and just calms down and stays there. Well, I, I also I, uh, I, I have contacted his office because we've received some rumors that that, that might happen very soon. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we, we just don't know. Uh, that's up to him to make that decision, and it's his to make. Uh, of course it is. Uh, meanwhile, I want to tell about a, an exciting race that's local. I like things closer to home that you can you can actually uh, take part in and feel like you're, you're, uh, you're at least being heard. And, and uh, right here in western Montana, I can seem to do that. And uh, that is the race for Senate District 44, which is Teresa Manzella's district, uh, the self-proclaimed John Bircher, right on your program. And she's being challenged by Wayne Rusk, who is a uh, representative presently. And uh, he, uh, he's going to have a really strong, fact-filled uh, learning curve for the people to... Uh, to learn what's going on. And uh, I just wanted to tell everybody, watch that one because you have an opportunity to uh, get behind somebody that's got the people in mind. And uh, there's a lot of detail coming up. And I just wanted you to know that. You've met Wayne, I think. you met Teresa. Uh, I think a few healthy debates are, are uh, something we need to see. So thanks for letting me tell you that. You bet. Thanks Have for the call. Nice Thank you. Thank you very, very much for the call. We've got about a minute and a half left before we... Uh, we have time for one more call? Is, is it Emmett? Emmett, good morning. You're on Talkback, my friend. What's on your mind? we got about a minute and a half. Go ahead. Thanks for, ta- uh, thanks for taking my call. Well, I don't know if I can do this in a minute and a half, but it looks like people that voted for Nikki Haley or even uh, supported her or gave her, mo- gave her money are excommunicated by um, Donald Trump. He, he made a tweet saying, if you've um, donated to Nikki Haley, you're out of the MAGA movement. And I couldn't believe what I was hearing on Fox. I'm furious with Donald Trump, you know, because I thought about voting for Nikki Haley. I wished I could give her a donation to make it final, my excommunication final. But after all my years of loyalty to Trump, just because they think of another candidate, he does this to me. I guess I'm excommunicated from MAGA. I might have voted for him, but I guess that's not possible now because you have to sign it. I can't believe this. I could go on and on, but it looks like we're kind of out of time. I wanted to talk about something else that will have to wait for the next open phone. So 
Stay tuned. All right, man. All right. I, 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 I have the secret list of, of MAGA people. And uh, from what I see, you're still on it. So, you know, I keep it in my... Uh, in, a, in a, a closed locker in Funk and Wagner's porch. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so there you go. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. Now, we are going to wrap up this uh, this portion of Open Phones because we have Kiri Jorgensen waiting to talk with us. She is the creator of Chicken Scratch Books right here in Montana. We'll be visiting with her in the 9 o'clock hour, and we're looking forward to that. So, and of course, we'll be taking your phone calls as well with your questions or comments for Christie's. So stay with us. Uh, coming right up. Uh, get out there. But it's starting to get foggy, so please slow down, and uh, we'll be back after the top of the hour. This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is our number two of Talk Back, brought to you this morning by Harrington Surgical Supply, where appointments are preferred for mastectomy fittings and custom compressions, but walk-ins are always welcome. Also brought to you by Y West Storage out at the Y on Two Smokes Way for pricing and availability of storage. Here's the number, 406-510-0590. We're at Y West. We're making room for you. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial Residential and Commercial Cleaning with no job too big or small your satisfaction always guaranteed and their number always 406-260-6617 and finally gomer's u.s diesel parts no matter how cold it might get gomer's has everything you need to make sure your rig starts every single time gomer's u.s diesel parts and service right there at palmer and west broadway the views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's hour number two of TalkBack. We are definitely shifting gears right now this morning. Mr. Nick Christensen right over there. Good morning, Nick. Good morning. And joining us on the phone right now is uh, is Kiri Jacobson, and she, uh, Jorgensen, rather. And she is joining us all the way from, well, right outside of Wisdom, Montana. Kiri, good morning, and welcome to TalkBack. Good morning. I'm excited to be here today. All right. Let's let's talk about Kiri Jorgensen here for just a minute. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. And uh, obviously, I know you're a school teacher and uh, you are uh, the producer of a new series of books called Chicken Scratch Books. So tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started with that. Wonderful. Yeah, I am a publisher. Chicken Scratch Books is a publishing company and we started in 2020. Um, I spent most of my life, my adult life, um, being a writer and an editor, and I was a teaching at the same time. And I was involved in the children's book writing world for, for several decades. And uh, during that time, I was, watching, I was watching this drastic shift happen in the quality of the books that were being produced for kids, as well as the content in the books that were being produced for kids by the mainstream publishers. And I became quite concerned with that. And as time progressed, it became obvious that, um, you know, in my working with, with the students I was teaching, as well as my own children and my own writing experience and working with writers in the children's book world, it became very obvious that the industry had shifted. And there was no more focus on the traditional values that are so vital for kids as their brains are developing and as they're creating their own worldview. And instead of values of traditional nature being presented in the children's books, they became very focused on, on social ills and social justice and social agendas. And that became the focus. And 
as I watched these things progressing, uh, but my husband and I just looked at each other and said, somebody needs to do something about this. And we realized that I was in a position to actually be able to do something about it. And so we, I started Chicken Scratch Books. Now, and we are a traditional publisher. No, go ahead. go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say, I was just going to insert something here that don't you think, it just strikes me it's just a little bit unfair that uh, that grown-ups would look at children and say, we're going to impose our values on you uh, from from outside all over the world uh, just because you're young and impressionable. And I, I can see why that would upset you. It was it, it was very frustrating to watch over the years. And, and at first, I, as a parent, as a teacher, I could just avoid those books that I knew were having those those things put into them. I could just not offer them to my children to read or to my students to read. But as time went on, it that became harder and harder as these agendas were woven into the background of, of nowadays, literally every single book that's published by the mainstream publishers, it's required in, for them to, to publish a book that it includes these social agendas. And, that, and you're right, it's for, the exact, for that exact purpose. They know the power, especially of middle grade novels, which is what we specialize in. Now, these are, these are the, the first time kids are reading full novels on their own, and they're very impressionable. And, and, and that's the power of that influence of the writing in these middle grade novels just can't be overstated. It's just so important. Now, when you say middle grade, you're talking uh, fifth, uh, fourth, fifth, sixth, third, fourth, fifth. What is, what, where are your books targeted towards, ma'am? Our, our middle grade novels are for, or any middle grade book are for kids ages about eight or nine through 12 or 13. So we're looking at, you know, fourth grade through eighth grade, essentially. And there are books that, that are more specific for the younger called lower middle grade. Um, and then there's the upper middle grade novels that get into much more complex um, plotting and themes. But overall, that's the age range of middle grade books is right there in those middle grades. So what 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 kind of uh, what kind of topics do you do you uh, draw from to make these books uh, engaging and entertaining as well as informative and educational for the kids? Uh, we we I consider just about anything because we just do middle grade fiction. We look at any genre that uh, that writers are writing, uh, and and so we we have published some books that are um, fantasy. We've published some that are historical fiction. We've published some contemporary books. We have a supernatural thriller. We have some really uh, hugely varied genres of books for kids because we really want to be able to reach um, the interest of, of any child that's out there. And as a new company, we're still building our list. We're still building our, our, our availability of all these different, all this variety. But that is the goal, that we want to be able to appeal to any, any child in their level of interest for, for what they want to read. Because it's got to be engaging. It's got to be something they are, that they want to read at the same time as something that will be healthy for them to read. And they're not going to be, we're not going to throw anything at them that, um, that, is in, that is any form of indoctrination. We just are presenting traditional values as, as the basis of each of our books. 
Wonderful. We're up against our first break. Our, our guest on the phone right now, Kiri Jorgensen. She's right here in Montana. And uh, Chicken Scratch Books is her creation. And uh, uh, she's drawing from all over to uh, get uh, good authors. So uh, if you have a question or a comment, give us a call. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. If you have a suggestion or a question for Kiri, uh, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can use the KGVO app. And uh, just uh, hit the message us button. We'll pass that uh, question or comment along as well. So we're coming right back after this. Let's face it. Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. If you love dramatic winter weather in Montana, this won't be your week as we return to dry and mild conditions for the next several days. The biggest weather challenge will be persistent fog in the mornings and late evenings. We'll see conditions ranging from mostly cloudy to partly cloudy for the remainder of the day. Overnight lows right around or slightly below freezing. The afternoon temperatures in the upper 40s to just over 50, depending on location. So not good news for the snowpack. Our next shot of moisture at the end of the week. We are back on TalkBack. 721-1290 is our number. I'm Peter Christian to Questions and right over there taking your phone calls this morning, producing TalkBack. Kiri Jorgensen is on the phone with us right now. And she uh, is the creator, if you will, of the genre called Chicken Scratch Books. A book specifically for children uh, in uh, in middle middle grades or, or early grades, and uh, we we've been talking a little bit about about you know where where these uh, books can be found. Uh, obviously, I, I asked you a little bit uh, while we were off the air, uh, Curie, about getting these books into the schools. Is is that even possible? It is possible to get our books, chicken scratch books, into schools. As a small publisher, um, we that is a challenge for us because. School systems are set up to work with contracts with um, big, the big mainstream distributors and publishers. And so it's every small publisher is challenging to get into schools. The best way for that to happen is for um, direct access, either from some of our authors, no librarians, or we reach out to schools in local areas around where our authors live and our parents buying books and donating them to their school type access is, is generally the, the most accessible for schools to get a hold of our books. Now, the, the reading of books uh, is, is something that, you know, uh, perhaps young people who I, I wonder how many kids have ever actually picked up a, a real book and opened it up and looked at all the pages, uh, because right now it just seems to be that everything is online. I mean, who, who, who needs to go to the library if you, you can just download it on uh, on your phone or whatever and be able to read through, you know, whatever program is, is available out there? How how do you how do you propose to use chicken scratch books to get kids to back to actually holding a real book in their hands? That's a challenge. That's a challenge that that we as writers and as publishers face in today's world. There's just so much competition from all the digital media that is out there. Um, the goal, the way I see it as, as a, a writer and as a publisher and as a, as a teacher and a mom, the kids have to be able to engage very quickly with the stories. They have to be able to connect with the characters right from the very beginning of the story. Kids are super fickle in the way that they read, especially middle grade readers. And so if they don't like a, a book on the first, after the first page, they'll just put it down. And as adults, we'll power through, you know, to <laughs> find out what's happening, but kids won't do that. And so I feel like in the industry as a whole, as the purpose shifted away from engaging and actually, and actually um, 
quality writing for the kids. It shifted away from that. That was no longer the focus. The focus became the agenda. And so kids aren't buying that. You know, it, it, they want fun stories. They want quality writing. They, and when they find it, they do engage. They do get excited with that. Um, as part of, it's part of the shift that has happened. It's, it's all part of the whole um, picture of what we're looking and it's a challenge. Yeah, kids kids are developing a taste of their own, and, and, and that's good. It is good. It is good. And we want to make sure that they have options to choose from that, that we as parents and as adults would want them to be reading. We want them to be able to be influenced in ways we, we are comfortable with not in, influenced in ways that the world wants them to become. Sounds good. We have a caller on the line. Jeff is waiting to visit with you. Jeff, you're on with Kiri Jorgensen. Good morning. Go ahead, please. Hey, good morning. I uh, grew up reading one of the, I, I grew up reading an awful lot, but one of the memorable things I read was a series called Young Americans. I'm not sure that's the actual formal uh, name of it, but it was about uh, famous Americans at a young age and what they went through all the way from frontier days up to uh, early 20th century. And it was everybody. It was uh, characters from the Civil War, both sides. You know, it was black, white, uh, Indian. I mean, I can remember reading about uh, uh, Newt Rockney and, and, uh, and uh, Harriet uh, Beecher Stowe and, you know, all sorts of different people and what their childhoods were like. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of poetic license taken in a lot of those but I, I just want to say it was a genre that actually kind of formed me as a person it let me know that it, people are are capable of heroics even youth and so it, it kind of gave me I think a lot of resilience as I was uh, growing up through that when adversity hit well here's people who suffered adversity and uh, and and came through it the other side uh, stronger and uh you know, I think that is very valuable. And I think today, and I heard you, I didn't hear the very beginning, all of it. Uh, I heard you say that, uh, yeah, you, you don't like the way things are going. And I've just recently come across something and I had never even known that it was there. It's called critical pedagogy. And it's uh, about teaching from the critical theory perspective, uh, which is basically Marxist. And it's teaching with an agenda. It's teaching that society is basically flawed and you're just a pawn but if you come in here and you become a criticizer of society and you remake it in the way that we think it's right uh that everything's going to be better uh and what they mean is better for us and not for society because even though we are flawed uh I think, generally speaking, if you look at the world, we're better off now than we were 200 years ago. So I'm wondering, have you ever come across critical pedagogy and uh, or any of that sort of uh, thing that uh, I think James Lindsay would say, the Marxification of, ed of education and uh, ways ahead out of that? All right, Jeff, thanks for the call. Go ahead, uh, Curie, please. I was going to say thank you, Jeff, for sharing your, your experience. You, I love that you talked about how you recognize those values and re like resilience and, and other um, virtues that helped you as a child. That's exactly what children's books should do. Uh, and, and then to continue from there, absolutely, yes, I have seen that whole, the whole critical ped pedagogy that's been out there. I've seen it when I was teaching. It was so frustrating to watch as a teacher as that was starting to f filter into the curriculums that we were were given to, to teach to the children in the public schools. Uh, but even beyond that, it, it has filtered into 
uh, children's books. It's, it's there and it's very subtle. They've become expert at weaving it into every story that's being published by the mainstream publishers. And the, the purpose, like you say, is to shape those minds in the way that they want to be that they want them to be shaped to create the society that will supposedly be um, a better place when in reality it just robs for robs independence and robs agency from everyone who's involved and they and they know that they can they can put that into not only school curriculums but also children's books and the the thing with middle grade novels i mean when you when you look at some of these some of these things that are being put into picture books for younger kids. The adults are the ones who are reading those books to the younger kids. They get to choose. But once kids hit middle grade, it's the kids themselves that are selecting the books that they're reading. Um, they, the parents don't necessarily know what's inside that story, what's actually woven in the background of this story. They might read the blurb on the back of the book and think, oh, that sounds fun. That sounds like a good story. And then the child is reading along and, and halfway through or three-fourths of the way through, all of a sudden there are some things thrown in there that if the parent had known it was there, they would have never allowed their child to read that. But because the parent doesn't know and they're not the ones reading the story, it, it's, a, it's a dangerous we need to be, it's a dangerous situation that we need to be very aware of as parents with, with what our kids are reading because so much of what is available for kids nowadays is not what the parents would want them to be reading. It's filled with all sorts of things that are trying to be normalized. You bet. Kiri, we're up against a break. 721-1290 is our number. Our guest on the phone is Kiri Jorgensen, and she is uh, affiliated with Chicken Scratch Books. She put the whole company together and is always looking for books that are... Uh, here are just some of the some of the titles. There's one called Perfect, uh, Whisper Creek Drama Club Book One, To the Bones, Ruby's Sparks, and The Healing Wood. They're just some of the of the titles that are available. So we're we're going to continue on. By the way, the phone lines are open. If you have a question, seven two one twelve ninety or one eight hundred five six eight five three zero nine. We'll be back right after this. Don't take. Okay, we are back. 721-1290 is uh, our number or 1-800-568-5309. We're, we're speaking with Kiri Jorgensen right now, and uh, she is with uh, Chicken Scratch Books, uh, 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 something that she has actually created uh, from uh, from day one and uh, has gathered quite a few books for kids. Now, let's let's talk a little bit about some of the themes that are involved in your books, because I know parents, uh, parents who are paying attention want to know, okay, what is my child going to be reading about before they go out and purchase this book? Yes, thank you. I would, I'm, I'm a stickler on quality writing. So whenever an author is, is submitting a manuscript to me, I'm, I look really closely at the quality of the writing, but I'm also looking specifically for what we call value topics. Each of our books has to have some overarching theme that is a value or a virtue that is tr based in traditional values. And so some examples of some of the books that we have and the, the value topics that we have. Um, honesty is one. Um, looking beyond yourself, uh, kindness, being a friend, the power of family, uh, integrity, um, unity is another one. Uh, appreciation, being able to appreciate the world around you. Uh, empathy, developing empathy is such an important um, value that kids can learn. Resilience, that was mentioned by our caller, the importance of learning resilience. So each of the books that we that we publish have these overarching themes 
with woven with into the story, but then also included with every story. I'm really big on the need for positive family portrayals, especially especially strong dads. We got to have kids need to see strong dads and devoted mothers and families that, though imperfect, they're working together to do what's best for their family. And I, that's where I'm always looking for those family values, which have to be incorporated within every story that we publish. That's just one of the one of the qualifications we look for in the books that are submitted to us for consideration. So, so I feel like these traditionally based values are what kids need as they are as they're creating their own personal worldview and at this middle grade age that's what's happening actively they're learning about the world around them about history about life and fiction is a great way to do that because they develop those those core understandings that will help them become the adult that they are working towards and books just have that that amazing power and so focusing on the traditional values will make sure that kids have a solid foundation to launch from as they are building that worldview. Well, no, I, I know that there are probably people out there wondering, uh, it, it, you're walking a very fine line uh, between uh, values. And uh, in, in some ways, people are saying, well, are you, are you advocating any specific religious uh, views in, in your books? Or is it simply, uh, there, there, are, there, are, there are values we all, we, all, we all strive for, honesty, integrity, things that, they, that you've been mentioning. And so uh, d- does religion ever come into that? Or do you try to keep that uh, aside just for the family to take care of? Yes, we 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 are not a Christian publisher, and so the reason that we're not is because we don't include direct doctrine or scripture in our stories. But we don't shy away from portraying families that value spirituality or religion in some way. Um, but it's always it's always a foundation that's built on traditional American values. That's a, that's our focus. Traditional American values, and a lot of that is based in some spirituality or religion. Um, but but we are not a Christian publisher, and so our books do kind of follow that line between the mainstream publishers and the Christian publishers or other religious publishers on one side, because that's where the gap split. That's where that's where the the, the two publishing worlds, the Christian world and then the mainstream world used to run side by side. But over the last decade, they've split and the mainstream publishers have just gone so far off off to the left that there is no more middle ground being published for, for kids. And that's that's the app that we're, fill, we're filling as traditional values, um, not necessarily Christian, definitely not mainstream. Just good, solid, traditional American values is is what we represent in the books that we publish. Excellent. And we're up against another break, and uh, we have another Jeff waiting to visit with you. Really appreciate you being on with us, Curie. This is great. This is a world, a lot, a lot of folks who maybe uh, are older or retired, uh, are, we tend to to have an older audience or maybe grandparents uh, maybe thinking, hey, this would be a good idea for me to pick up some of these books for my grandkids or my children. Uh, 721-1290 is our number. If you'd like to talk to Curie, uh, we'll get Jeff on the line with you right after this timeout. Hey, welcome back to Talk Back. 721-1290 is our number. Fog <laughs> enveloping the Missoula Valley right now. Joining us on the phone right now is Curie Jorgensen. She's the publisher of Chicken Scratch Books. And we're learning a lot about uh, about what she's trying to do. And we do have another caller on the line, another Jeff. Jeff, uh, you're on with Curie. Please go ahead, sir. 
Yes, this is another Jeff. I just want to say kudos to what she's doing. Um, 60 years ago, when I was in first grade, I got turned on to a book series called Henry Huggins, written by Beverly Cleary. And all it takes is one good book to turn a person to a reader. And uh, ever since Henry Huggins, I've been reading for the rest of my life. And it's super important. Because I would say 90% of kids don't read, and they should. But all it takes is one good book, and you're fighting the battle, and I really think it's super, super important. I just appreciate it. All right, Jeff, thanks for the call. Kiri, go ahead, please. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that a lot. I, I am privileged to be able to travel around the country and go to homeschool conventions. We market extensively in the homeschool world. And I get to talk to parents um, a lot, one-on-one with parents talking about the situations that they're in. And I get so much positive feedback from people just like what Jeff just expressed, just that this is so important that we provide good quality stories for our kids. Kids need this. And when other publishers have drifted away from providing this, families are so appreciative of finding quality books that they can trust. That will that will carry those traditional values and and so I love hearing from people that appreciate reading. They understand books. They understand the situation that we're in as a society and what kids today and families today are up against when it comes to books and the availability of quality stories. So, so thank you, Jeff. I I appreciate your support. Now, you and I were discussing off uh, when we were off the air a little bit. There there are. Uh, hundreds of thousands of families out there that are are di- divorced homes where where mom and dad uh, split up, mm-hmm. uh, kids go one way, some kids go the other way, uh, and so uh, I'm wondering, uh, do your books address that at any at any point and say, hey, you know what, you're going to be okay, uh, that people still love you and care about you, uh, or, or are your books uh, do they deal with that at all? We do. We have quite a few books, actually, of our titles that deal with with kids that are in divorced family situations, um, because that's reality. It it is very much in our a part of our society, and many children are affected by that. And the way that we handle those situations in our books is that we 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 portray the families as they're imperfect. They have their challenges, but they are working together to solve the problems that they have, and the kids are loved. And that's how we how we portray those types of situations. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we, we don't shy away from tough themes and tough topics that are handled in our stories, but we present them in ways that the kids grow and learn through the character in positive ways. They approach the problems in problem-solving, skill-developing, um, positive ways so that the reader, the child reading the, the book, can also see themselves tackling tough situations in positive, constructive ways. And that, that's, that's how we try to portray those more difficult situations in our stories. Well, now, what, when, when uh, authors, especially uh, authors that are new, that are just getting started, uh, and, and, they, and they read about uh, the chicken scratch books, and, oh, this would be something I want to try. When, when someone submits uh, a manuscript to you, uh, and you look at it, you look at it critically as a publisher, is this going to be, tell me what you're looking for. 
Oh, probably, obviously there's a lot of things I look for. I'm definitely looking for quality writing. This has to be a writer that has been honing their craft for a long time because it does take a long time to really become a solid, strong storyteller in the written form. I'm also looking for traditional themes. These traditional values have to be portrayed in the story. Uh, I look for uh, a strong middle grade voice. This this age category is so vital to be able to connect with the kids or they won't even read the story. They won't get past the first chapter. And so the voice of the main character has to be very relatable. And, and over the years, I've kind of honed my ability as an editor as an, and as a publisher to recognize when I've got a strong middle grade voice that's going to appeal to this age category of kids. And so those are probably the main things that I'm looking for when I'm when I'm first I'm receiving a, a manuscript to consider for publication. Now, one thing I do want to bring up, I've been pleasantly, not really surprised, but very pleased by this since I started Chicken Scratch. The books that are being um, submitted to me for consideration are really strong stories. I've been, I, and, and here's, here's the situation. As I'm working with authors and helping them get their book published, many of these authors have been writing for years and years and years, but they've been unable to get their book published because they are unwilling as the author to compromise them themselves and put in the social agendas into the story that are required by the mainstream houses. And so they've been waiting for an opportunity to get published by a company like Chicken Scratch. And so they are thrilled to find us, to find a, a place for their writing where it fits with the traditional value Wow, that that that's amazing. It, it's good to know that there are authors out there uh, like yourself who are unwilling to compromise on the things that they want to write about uh, simply to simply get published, and that's got to be a huge temptation. Oh, it is. For and most authors, most authors out there, unfortunately, do are willing to compromise. They're willing to to buy into the idea that okay, that's what the world wants. That's what I'll give the world. Um, instead of standing their ground and saying, you know, that's not appropriate for kids. This should not be included in children's books. But so I, of course, I appreciate my authors. I've got authors from all over North America. I've got a handful of them from right here in Montana, which has been super fun to work with, with local authors as well. Now, one, one thing, uh, we're almost up against a break here. I, I want to broach a subject to you, and I don't know how you feel about this or not. I, I, I'm assuming that all your books are being made into audiobooks. Are Is that true, or is that something you just want the kids to have the book in hand to read and process it through their eyes? At this point, we just have the physical books and the e-books. We hope to be able to get into audiobooks soon, because that is a market that is that a lot of people use. You bet. We're up against a break. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. We're coming right back. By the way, we'd love to have your, your thoughts. Uh, and, of course, Kiri Jorgensen is joining us right now. She's uh, the uh, creator and uh, the publisher of Chicken Scratch Books. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you right after this. Okay, we're back on TalkBack. 721-1290 is our number. Phone lines are open if you have a question for Kiri Jorgensen. Uh, Kiri and I were just visiting a little bit about a, a story that we did uh, uh, regarding the, uh, the, the state of Montana superintendent of public instruction, Elsie Arnson. Uh, some parents had reached out to her uh, because of a, a, a graphic novel 
that was in some of the schools in eastern Montana, Laurel, I think in Billings, called Assassination Classroom. And uh, she was very concerned that this particular uh, Japanese anime type book uh, portrayed some, some mild pornographic images in, in addition to uh, violence against teachers in a classroom. And uh, uh, I, from what I understand... Uh, the, the Laurel School District took the book out of the library. The Billings School voted, their school board voted to keep it. So your, your thoughts about, about books like that? That's definitely a challenging, a challenging situation for parents, for schools, for everybody involved. Because when you have these, these books that have all of these new, you know, the new modern social justice ideals being presented in this book like racism and sexuality and all of these things that are that are dropped into stories and then given to kids to read there are the you know the side of the side of the of the situation that's saying that's not appropriate for kids to have especially in a school setting you know why is why should a school what context in what context does a school situation benefit from that type of story and then the other side of the coin is well we can't not have it or somehow that is uh, discriminating or censorship or, uh, being censorship you know we, we can't not allow anything that people want to produce because obviously if a publisher is publishing it it should be okay for kids right if a, if a children's book publisher publishes a book it should be great for kids that's kind of the mentality that we've all had because we didn't have have to be different but nowadays there is so much being dropped into these these books by the mainstream world that they are just expecting parents to accept. Uh, when in reality, we shouldn't have to accept that. When there is no context for it in a school setting, especially, why do we have to accept that as parents? Um, and anyway, it's an interesting battle that is happening right now across the whole nation. And you had um, you dealing had, with yeah. You, you you had mentioned it at the outset of our conversation that the the agendas that uh, that people yes. want to want to insert into young minds because they don't have any form of reference to be able to oppose it. Exactly, and that's the goal. That is the goal. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you a quick story. I had a situation happen years ago when I was I was leading a conference of writers here in Montana, and we had brought in a big, big name editor and agent from New York, and they were there presenting, and they were taking comments from the audience. And one of our one of our writers in our writing group had written a middle grade novel, and he explained that in this story, you know, his main character discovers that his hero is gay. And this boy is is troubled by that, and but then through the course of the story, he comes to term with it, ter to terms with it, and, and and everything turns out good at the end. And this editor interrupted him and said, "No, no," she said, "You cannot portray any being troubled by gayness. You cannot portray having to come to terms with another person's sexuality. It has to be instant acceptance. It has to be instant." Um, respect for the sexuality of the the other characters in the book. She said, "We have to be able, we have to portray to children the ideal, even if it's that that's not the way in real life. We have to portray it as ideal, so that kids will then develop into that ideal over time." Wow. I mean, she was specifically telling this to writers, and then she said, "If you do not include it that way in your story, you will not be published." Wow. And I, I was sitting there listening to this, and I was shocked 
I was shocked. And that was kind of some of the precursors. That's when the idea for Chicken Scratch started ruminating in my brain. But I realized that's not okay. That's not okay to manipulate stories to, at the same time, manipulate the child readers of the stories. That's not okay. We have a couple, a couple of callers who want to visit with you. Let's jump in and say hello to Jay. Jay, good morning. You're on with Kiri Jorgensen. Go ahead, please. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, I want to thank her for uh, coming out and doing this because this is meeting a real need out there. I have uh, two kids in high school and one in eighth grade, and I've seen what they've been reading the last 10 years. Uh, a phrase that comes to my mind is, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Uh, when children are left to their own to choose food, they're going to choose candy and snacks and not really good healthy food. I think it's similar for books. Uh, I've seen, you know, what's been happening the last few years, and uh, at least my kids and boys, they would choose books like Captain Underpants and Dogman, which is basically garbage. So yes. I would think, you know, you should be, you're probably targeting parents and teachers and librarians to get these books out there and available because, you know, the, the kids <laughs> will probably more likely go to those other books. So uh, is, is that kind of how you're targeting your market? Very much so, yes. We, we are, we're promoting our brand as one that parents and teachers can trust and that every book that, they, that, that we produce is one that is going to be clean, based in traditional values, with no social agendas, but also high-quality writing. I'm not a fan of fluffy stories like the ones you suggested there. That's, and yet those are very popular for kids. It's candy. It's, it's candy. Yeah. And it, it is okay to have your kids eat candy occasionally, <laughs> but they definitely have to have some good square meals mixed in there as well. And that's what, that's what we aim to fill. Nothing worse than a brain filled with cavities, right? Exactly. <laughs> Jay, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for calling. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Wingnut on the line. Mr. Nutt, you're on with Kiri Jorgensen. Go ahead. Well, good morning. I, we have a uh, book of the month club here on the radio station here. And I, sometimes I think I'm the only person who actually reads the book or one of very few. And, and I think the reason is because when um, my siblings and I were little, before bed, we always had story time. And one of the most formative books I ever read, or we read, my mom read, was, you know, Thor Heyerdahl's Contiki. And, you know, that went on to the University of Nebraska, a Bison Press, and the uh, biographies of the, the mountain men and, and the Native American Indians. And it, it was formative in my life and pursuing a, a, a career working in the mountains. But so I, yeah, I wish you, you know, Godspeed and, and encouragement to parents to take the time to, because I used to tell my kids, you know, if you, if you read, you know, I carried the same tradition with my kids of reading that to them at uh, bedtime and I always told them, if you learned to read, you know, the world is open to you. If you rely on somebody else telling you what to believe, you are, uh, cheating yourself basically so i just wanted to call to encourage folks to read to their kids to help develop that discipline and wish you the best in your efforts thanks 
All right, Mr. Nutt, thanks for the call. Thank you. You bet. And, Kiri, with that, we're up against our final break. Phone lines are clear. If you have a question or comment for Kiri Jorgensen with Chicken Scratch Books, I'll get your calls in now. She'll only be with us for another eight minutes. So we'll be right back with more right after this one-minute timeout. We all make... Okay, we're back on Talk Back. And uh, our guest on the phone, Kiri Jorgensen, right now with Chicken Scratch Books. Phone lines are filling up in these last few minutes, as it almost always does. So let's get Lindley on the line. Lindley, good morning. You're on with Kiri. Go ahead, please. Hi, Kiri. I just wanted to say my mom was a teacher for... Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. My mom was a teacher for 30 years and she warned me to keep my children's books. Don't ever let them go, she said, because the the values that are seeping in um, are not good. And I lost her several years ago, and she taught kids to read with reading disabilities, so it was a huge loss. But I'm wondering how many of the, she was in public school, um, how many of the public school teachers are beating down your door? Not enough. <laughs> but it is difficult to get into public schools, and, and there are, I know there are many many teachers who would love to have our books in their schools, but there's so many policy layers that in order to get books into schools, that, that hoops that have to be jumped through. Wow. And it's a challenge. It's a big challenge for a small publisher. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, um, I would love to read children's books. So if you ever um, want somebody to read children's books for your audio books, you can, uh, you'll know that somebody in Missoula wants to do that. Yeah, and me as well, by the wonderful. way. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, I think you'd be wonderful, Peter. Well, Lindley, thanks for the call. We appreciate it, but thanks for the support. Good call. Uh, Emmett is up next. Emmett, good morning. You're on with Kerry Jorgensen. Go ahead, please. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Well, first of all, I really do appreciate what you do as uh, doing as far as traditional uh, values rather than the far-left liberal things. But I remember being a kid, and I'm still a reader, but what kids really want to read is, I think, science fiction and heroic fantasy. Are you ever going to publish books with nothing but lasers and space wars, like Galaxy Wars or Wars of the Star Universe, where it's nothing but lasers and space wars and galactic battles, insects controlling you know space population, I mean, star clusters and battling for the fate of the universe? Or heroic fantasies about barbarians that fight wizards similar to Conan the Barbarian. That's really what kids want to read is entertainment. Because when I was a kid, there was uh, some people thought, uh, some adults thought I couldn't read, that I was illiterate because I wasn't reading the books they wanted me to read. I would only read science fiction, heroic fantasy. There was a lot of books I just wouldn't touch. And I thought, Emmett must not be able to read. Well, I can read fluently. But I don't like mysteries, or I, with all due respect, I don't think I'd read the book about divorce. That hey, didn't speak to my heart. Emmett, Science, fiction, hey, galactic war. So would you ever expand into just entertainment all right. for all right. fun? Thanks for the calls. Uh, go ahead. Uh, Kiri, please go ahead. Yes, absolutely. Every one of our books is filled with adventure, and and we actually do have a science fiction coming up that's going to be published soon. That it's not it's not insects, but it's jellyfish, uh, <laughs> intergalactic jellyfish. So we, we we look at all different genres, but every one of our books is very much an adventure story because that is what kids they've got to be entertained. But while they're being entertained, 
let's also have them learn some values. You bet. Let's get Harry on the line next. Harry, good morning. You're on with Kiri Jorgensen. Go ahead, please. Yeah, good morning, Kerry. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, good luck to you. I hope you uh, succeed in all you do. But the you know, thing is that you, when you start saying, well, uh, tradition is good, I mean, I remember when it was traditional was that you didn't marry your date outside your race. That you know, that was a tradition. So traditional always, always, uh, isn't always good. And uh, the idea that, well, you know, uh, questioning authority is not really a good idea. What some of the best stories, you know, uh, Hawk Finn, I mean, that was his big quandary, whether he should turn in his friend Jim, because that was what this society said. You know, you turn in your, your black runaway slaves, or whether you should help them get free. That was a questioning the authority, or even uh, Harry Potter. He was always running, you know, uh, drawing outside the lines, and that was that's one of the most favorite uh, stories of all time. So, I mean, you know, the idea that, well, we always should be, you know, and good, strong father figures, and, you know, there really wasn't much father figures in either of those stories, but, uh, you know, it's uh, variety, and like uh, Emma said, you know, entertainment, you know, science fiction, you know, those, all that stuff. If it's a good sto- written story, uh, that's the most important thing, I all think. Right. Harry, thanks for the call. Your comment. Kiri, go ahead, Phil. character growth is vital. And, and in order for character growth to happen, when a character grows through the course of a story, the reader is going to grow along with them through the course of the story. And so there are going to be choices they have to make between right and wrong. And we want those choices to be explored and then acted upon in positive ways, which most of the time connects directly to traditional values. And so we, we definitely look at all of those things in the books that we publish. We have exactly two minutes left, just time enough to get Sue's call on. Sue, quickly, good morning. You're on with Curie. I'm glad you called. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say this. One of the saddest times in my life was when our kids got old enough that they didn't really want us to read to them at night because they wanted to read by themselves. But I guess we did a good thing there. And I also wanted to say it's not hard to get into public schools to to help classroom teachers at all. All you got to do is call ahead because there's only one way you can get into the building because of all the bad things that have happened. But I just wanted to um, just say, yeah, read to your kids until they don't want you to anymore. Sue, well said. Thanks for the call. Uh-huh. Appreciate it. Always talk. Always good to talk with you. Okay, Kira, we have about a minute left. Uh, how, how can folks get a hold of your books? Where do they go? What do they do? Chickenscratchbooks.com. All of our books are available for sale on our website. Our, we actually create online novel study courses to go with each of our books as well. And so if you want your kids to dive deeper into the literature, you can have a course to go right along with the book and they're video-based courses those are available on our website as well so chickenscratchbooks.com we are also our books are found on amazon um, and other online booksellers but our focus is definitely on our our own website we've got a lot of information there on the website about the books about who we are what we're doing and so go go take a look at the website buy your books from there we also i do want to throw out one thing we, if, if, you, if you are interested in donating books to your local libraries from Chicken Scratch, we are partnered with a company called Freedom in Education. It's a, it's a nonprofit organization. And Freedom in Ed has an a opportunity for you to 
give a donation to them as if they're a 501c3. And then you can earmark Chicken Scratch books and tell them which school you want the books to go to. And they will do everything they can to get those books into those schools. We are out of time. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it, ma'am. Always a pleasure. All right, so Nick, what's coming up on tomorrow's fabulous program, sir? Uh, We are going to do open phones from 8 to 9, another hour, and then... Attorney General Austin Knutson will be taking your calls from 9 to 10. Have a great day, everybody. Watch out for the fog. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 6 with Ace Sourwine.